I can see you standing, honey. With his arms around your body. Nailed it. Hello! Welcome to Tay2Z, where we chat about every Taylor Swift song in alphabetical order. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab, and we will be your hosts on this journey. In our last episode, we talked about Everything Has Changed from Red. I just want to know you better now. Yeah? Yeah. Is that, really, that was good? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And today, we are discussing the song Exile from Folklore. Yes, another folklore song. Exile is the fourth track from Folklore. Folklore was released on July 24th, 2020, and this song was co-written by Justin Vernon, also known as Bon Iver, mm-hmm. and William Bowery, also known as Joe Alwyn. Also the Evermore peeps, if you listened to the Evermore episode two weeks ago. Yeah, which is pretty cool that they're both E songs. Both E songs. These E songs are great. A lot of patterns. A lot of patterns in these E songs. <laughs> the song's not been played live, but it was played on the Long Pond Studio documentary that we have talked about previously on Folklore episodes. This performance is amazing by mm-hmm. the way justin has to perform it from his studio in wisconsin right mm-hmm. so they couldn't be together obviously because this was like the height of the pandemic and everything yeah. and so they kind of have it on dual screens and it's actually pretty cool yeah and they sing it way differently than they do on the actual track yeah and it's really cool it's definitely look it up on youtube if you have disney plus you can watch all of the long pond studio the sessions highly recommend it's really special today We are extremely excited. We have a guest with us on this episode. We would like to introduce to you our dear, dear friend and collaborator, Peter Lee Nilsson. Peter is a musician, knitter, and artist who is both the voice behind Gossip Gab and our graphic design artist who has done all of the incredible doodles for our instagram and for the actual episode posts on all of the platforms you see and our logo and of all course, of our art our incredible <laughs> logo everything he is the best peter welcome to tata z yay guys thanks <laughs> great to be here with you thanks for having me on so exciting Finally! yeah <laughs> this podcast would not be possible without you peter and all of your input and all of your help getting us started up so oh that's really sweet yeah we're very very excited to finally have you as a guest on here yeah 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 yeah. so we usually start by asking our guests about their taylor history so i'd love to ask you about you know when you first heard taylor's music but also about your tata z history and how that all kind of coincides yeah so i'm definitely a new swifty i think i'd call myself like a tata z success story (laughs) because you guys really introduced me to Taylor's, you know, anthology of works and kind of presented her as this great artist that she is. And so you guys really kind of turned me on to it. I'm sure that I heard her music on the radio growing up, but I never really like clocked it. You know what I mean? Like I listened to pop music, but she was never on the radar uh, until you guys kind of came along and said, hey, listen to Taylor. So I fell in love with her and um, her music's like on a regular rotation in my uh, my playlist. So 
Oh, I didn't know that. Taylor Swift. We just we just bought a car, so she's definitely got a lot of airplay. (laughs) Oh, nice! Yes, amazing. Amazing. So, in terms of like listening with us, I know we know you. We've been listening to all our episodes and listened to all those songs. Have you listened to any songs outside of what we've covered? When she released Folklore, Mm. I was listening to that when it came out too, Mm. and I was like, "What? Yes." It's so different from what I expected her to sound like, mm-hmm. and it's totally the vibe that I kind of jive with. So I really dug that album, and yeah, I lo- I'm loving her her collaborations with people and everything. So yeah, so cool. Ah, yep. oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, we had a feeling because we were trying to assign you an episode like in the beginning, like from the start of the alphabet, and we were like, I think Exile will be a good one. <laughs> yeah. Any, Wait, you don't think I'm like a really? Like a bubblegum pop kind of guy. <laughs> no, absolutely. Like a you belong with me kind of guy. Yeah. Like, definitely. Well, we knew you really connected to the song 22, but yeah. you know. <laughs> that was our first episode, so. The audience can't see, but I'm pulling back my skin to look younger. Oh my gosh. The audience also can't see that he has the best skin of all time. Yes. That's sweet. That's sweet. It's the Filipino heritage. Yes, yeah, indeed. Go. So today we are discussing Exile. And we always have our guests start out. Peter, what do you think of this song? Oh, gosh. Okay. I have Okay, I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah, okay. share all yeah, your thoughts. Amazing. We're good. I am low-key obsessed with this song. Um, I love a ballad. I love like a moody ballad. That's totally my jam. So I think you guys nailed like giving me this uh, song. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might like this one. <laughs> I'm a pianist, so obviously I love this song. It's very piano-driven. And it's got some strings in it, too. So I studied violin in school, so. This is like a perfect song. The intro, I think it's cool that it's in G flat major, which is like such a chill key. Like, it's just like so ah, warm, you know what I mean? Yes. (laughs) Guys, we've got some piano on (laughs) Tatasy. I'm also obsessed with his voice. Like, he has such an incredible range. It's like a four octave range, right? He sings that line that goes, um, So what am I defending? It's just so look, look, and then he has this falsetto where he's singing those, um, those things in between the chorus and the the pre-chorus or whatever it is. So I th- I'm really obsessed with his voice. I kind of love this chord progression too, going from the um, major to minor. It just has that kind of wistful, like melancholy thing to it, you know. It kind of reminded me of like Pixar. You ever ever see that movie uh, Inside Out? Yeah, yeah. Like that idea of like happiness but also sadness at the same time you know they can coexist at the same time so i just love that chord progression it's super simple but i think it's really effective for this i'm also kind of loki obsessed with the pentatonic scale so the whole melody is just like right it's all like it's just that pentatonic scale the five note scale and it's it's like an ancient scale. Like, I feel like every culture kind of knows it. It's been in like folk music and what's that Gershwin tune? Someone to watch over me. Da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ah, yeah. Uh-huh. Or even uh, Amazing Grace. Oh, wow. So it's basically just all the black keys on the piano, which is I thought was really cool. Yeah, it just has this like universal quality and I'm obsessed with his his voice, you know? It's unreal. Yeah, I also really like like the strings come in around the chorus where he says, I think I've seen this film before. And it, it's just this like cinematic moment mm-hmm. where he also brings in, what is it? It's like a, there's like a heartbeat in there in Ooh. the second chorus. So if you listen to it, there's a drum kick and it's like, dun, dun, 
Dum dum. It kind of reminds me of like a the chariots of fire. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. So I just love that there's all this like color painting in it, you know. And it's it's like a super sad song, like these two lovers that are ex lovers that are talking to each other. But I I think they just like captured the the mood of it perfectly. So so cool. Oh yeah, Peter, I love your perspective on things and like the way you hear things. Like, there's so much you heard in there that I was just like, I would never have picked yeah. up on. Oh, I appreciate it. He's like the music guy of all music guys. Yes. Like, he's the music director that. of all music directors. <laughs> like, yeah, I love when arrangers can throw in stuff to kind of augment what's happening in the song. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. there's what does he sing on the chorus? Where there's it almost sounds like the ocean swelling, where he sings. Mm, this like progression yeah. of yeah, I think I've seen this film before. Yeah, that kind of thing is like the swell, and then finally when we get to whatever we call it, the post-chorus or bridge or whatever you want to call it, it's just it's like yeah, uh, we yeah. finally arrived when he says I'm yeah you know, when she says I'm st- leaving out the door. So yeah, oh, I think God. it's just a great progression, and then I think at the very end, I love the fact that it's so like soupy, right? Mm. He creates this. Mm-hmm. Uh, she creates the soup of like all of these voices, the counterpoint coming in. It's like really dense harmonies and counter melodies. And then they add a ton of reverb. So it's just this like soup of like confusion and wondering what happened in the relationship. I think it's just great text painting and really great like writing, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then finally where it, most songs end on like a nice like resolved chord. And this one ends on like... It's like, you know, like life goes on. You ever see like an indie film where it doesn't really end? It just kind of like gives you a little bit of closure, but then it's, it kind of alludes to, yeah, life keeps going. Yeah, So yeah. that's the feeling I get from this song. Oh, so cool. my goodness. <laughs> I, have, I have a lot of thoughts about this song. I love it. I love it's it. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, oh, my God. Had you heard Bon Iver, any of his albums prior to Folklore? That's a good question. Yeah, I have. So with pop music, I'm horrible with names mm-hmm. and <laughs> specifics. <laughs> <laughs> but I've listened to, yeah, his album comes on a lot. I usually can't understand the words in some of some of the songs it's more of like an atmosphere thing you know i'll listen to it when i'm kind of in a moody mood knitting or something (laughs) yeah yeah i had tried to listen to some of his stuff when it first came out he was like super popular and i was like i don't know what the lyrics are and i want to know the lyrics yeah so like this i feel like is a way in for where i'm like okay i get what he's doing i think i can listen to some of his other stuff now Mm -hmm. especially the big red machine stuff that's coming out that's coming out soon yeah Yeah. does he have new stuff coming out yeah it's the collab between him and aaron desner and bryce desner and Taylor's oh, nice. on two songs on the album, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as well as Anais Mitchell, who wrote Hades Town. Oh, cool! Yeah. yeah, it's a cool. It's they've released one of the Taylor songs. It's not nice. until R, so you won't hear it for yeah, a while. Renegade <laughs> is what it's called. Yeah, cool. it's really good. It's nice. definitely folklore, Evermore vibe for sure. Mm. Yeah, very Evermore, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Devin, what about you? Well, I know you love this song. What are I, your thoughts on I it? I do. <laughs> so many of the things, Peter, that you just said just paint this like incredible picture of this song. What's that thing where you can see sound? What Synesthesia. Is that Synesthesia. Synesthesia. Mm-hmm. He kind of just literally painted that, you know, Van Gogh for us. Mm-hmm. With the lyric, you know, I think I've seen this film before that you said this song is very cinematic and it is the 
sister song to Evermore, which we did two weeks ago, and they're both in that in the same realm and perhaps from the same people uh, singing the same songs, but in different times in the relationship. Hmm. Whereas the Evermore song is Taylor driven and that character's perspective. This song is driven by Bon Iver and by that just melancholy his perspective. You do get Taylor's perspective, that character, and she sings, and it's is the same relationship from two points of view where they literally just couldn't connect. Yeah. And it's incredibly evident from the lyric and just how simple the lyric is to convey that message. And boy, when I first heard Bon Iver sing on this album, when that first night when we listened to this, first of all, I'd never really heard any Bon Iver stuff before. Mm-hmm. Second of all, didn't know what he sounded like. Third of all, I had no idea someone could actually sing that low. Like that, yeah, yeah. I like was rumbling in my chest, like listening to it with my headphones. And I was like, what on earth? And I was like, this isn't Taylor. Like this, not, this isn't Taylor singing. And then she comes in. It's like, I'm like, who is this Bon Iver guy? Like what? And that makes sense now that you brought that to light of the pentatonic scale. When Joe, William Bowery was writing this, mm-hmm. like he was kind of just noodling on the piano. Mm. singing along and so it kind of makes sense that he might find it on the black keys Mm because that is a very easy noodly place to sit whenever you're figuring things out on the Mm. piano i find that very interesting because that very is very simple Mm -hmm. and it just stays through the whole time it kind of gives you this motif Mm -hmm. So that your ear can keep holding on, like grounding something while all of this crazy wild emotion and insanity is going on around you Mm. with with the actual relationship Mm -hmm. aspect Mm -hmm. of it. I love that they both say, I think that I've seen this film before and I didn't like the ending. So they both have that in common, but everything else is totally different. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's saying that, like, you know, I I never saw the signs. Like, I never saw the signs. How, like, what happened? You never gave me any signs. And she's like, no, I gave you all the signs. Like, Mm. I've been giving you signs this whole time. I I think that uh, the line, it took you five whole minutes to pack us up and leave me with it, holding all this love out here in the hall. Mm -hmm. We were in this space. We were this duo. And then it took you just five minutes to be like, no. Bye. See you later. Mm -hmm. While she's standing with some other guy who he thinks is his understudy because he's like, that guy doesn't know you like me. Mm. But she's like, he might know you, but he might know me better. He treats me better. And then she's like, and then I'm just walking out. And then the bridge, if you will, that incredible section with the two of them and the counterpoint going back and forth. That was Bon Iver. He wrote that. Oh, okay. So William Bowery, Joe Alwyn. (laughs) and taylor came up with the first bits and then when they sent it off to justin he was like oh um let me just do a little something with it and then he sent back this section Mm -hmm. and was like was like hey what do you think and they're all like yes (laughs) (laughs) they're like yes please whereas i am really not a fan of the brit in evermore this one is so much more grounded i think and i think that Mm. that comes from what you were talking about with the chords the block yeah. chords just banging out. Bum. Yeah, and too, there's this like um, pedal tone thing that happens through the whole that, and and it's like the harmony shifts underneath. So it's like boom, and then shifts to. Mm-hmm. 
and that thing in the right hand is still going. It just, it's just that, keeps the same plugging note. away. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and it's just like this epic, and it just mm. holds you in, and you're able to just sit in the chaos of it but you have that grounding force and it's Mm -hmm. just really fascinating and a really incredible technique to yeah it's smart writing to plug it in Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. which just goes to show just how brilliant these artists are like every song we come to and especially in the folklore and evermore world the songs are so complex Mm -hmm. and the musicianship behind it is just unreal and a lot of that has to do with aaron desner yeah yeah Um, all the layers Exactly. And, you know, I just think that, like you said, Justin Vernon's range, how he sounds on this, I mean, that mid-range belt that he has in this, mm-hmm. it's just so, it, I mean, chef's kiss. Like, <laughs> like that range of his, how his voice is, is so powerful. It's just like that baritone sound that you want yeah. from, like, everything, you know. When he gets into his high falsetto, like, cool, he's got a high falsetto, like, that's awesome, he can do that. That really low stuff, wild, like, that's insane. Mm -hmm. But, like, really, that, just the timbre of that voice, and then the two of them together, Yeah, it is so gorgeous, this song. So I can just keep going and going and going. But Gab, (laughs) what do you think of this song? Well, I, too, love this song. (laughs) (laughs) Like, both of you. I had heard a little bit of Bon Iver before this, so I knew his falsetto, but I had no idea Idea about his deep register. Oh, so it's when so low. it's so low, like so low. So I remember when we first listened to it, the night folklore came out. We were like, "Whoa, what? Mm-hmm. How how is he doing that?" <laughs> and I love that. Like I love that deepness and like just also like how surprising it is. And then it immediately sets that like dark moody scene. Like you're like, okay, something went wrong here. Like this isn't a happy love story in this right. song. I mean, which you would have gotten from the title Exile. Fair, yeah. But also even like the way, so when we we first listened, we also watched the lyric videos and even the way the lyric video was divided where it was each side of their story mm-hmm. on either side and it's like this dark winding road. I just, I liked how they painted that scene where you immediately like get into it. As you both have said, the lyrics are just like really fantastic on this song. I love the lyric, you're not my homeland anymore, so what am I defending now? And exploring how, like, that love and relationship is almost like it's, like, your home that you defend, you protect it, like, it's something really special. And that, like, when you lose that, you're like, what what am I defending? Who am I? What is my Mm -hmm. identity without this person? And, like, that idea of being in exile, like, you've lost your home when you've lost, like, that person who, you know, from this song, it seems to be that it's a relationship that's spanned a while it's either a marriage or a long relationship. They've been together for a long time. And so like losing that grounding force and then feeling like I'm in exile, like who even am I? Mm-hmm. So I like I like that. And then I love when Taylor turns that phrase on its head in the next verse with who am I offending now from mm. her perspective. So, you know, he's like, I'm defending you like you like betrayed me. And she's like, I'm always constantly offending you. Like, who am I offending now? It just like you can feel the like undercurrents of all these years of them disagreeing agreeing and not seeing eye to eye even though we don't even know like right. anything about this relationship it captures all of that which so is cool. just it's so good i love i love her lyrics it's really cool how like you experience everything that happened through both their perspectives and like when they get to the bridge and then like the outro and they're like overlapping and call and response like that's my favorite part of the song and they're arguing and telling 
each of their sides of the story of what went wrong, but they're still not communicating. Right. Like, they're still not talking to each other. They're just both talking about what's happening. And so this whole thing is just showing they never saw eye to eye and they still can't even as it all falls apart, yeah. which I like. <laughs> and it's it's also interesting there because the harmonies are really dissonant too mm. in mm-hmm. that part. So there are moments of like really like solid cohesive harmonies and then there are those really great like dissonant like we still don't see eye to eye Mm -hmm. it's just it is a absolutely brilliantly crafted song yeah i love that there's so many voices layered on top of each other too because isn't that the feeling you have when you're ending a relationship like there's so many questions and i feel like your mind is just going and going it's just i think it's a brilliant way of portraying that yeah sure yeah and like what you had said about the lyric holding all my love out here in the wall in the hall Mm -hmm. like it's such a visual lyric too you can see this image and like it the song and the way they tell it plays like a film, which is like, I think I've seen this film before. It really does. It's very visual. The way he kind of paints himself as like, you did all this to me. He oh, it's like starts off almost like he's hurt and he's the victim. But then she's telling him second, third and hundredth chances. Like she thinks she gave him a hundred chances. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just a very good lesson on communicating, which I'm going to get into more in the relate <laughs> section. <laughs> but yeah, so I just, I love the song. The piano line is fantastic. I love the like choral singing, like the oohs. Those are really cool. And something that like when you li- when I listened to the song, I didn't really even think of like, oh, someone's singing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like, it's really beautiful. It kind of reminds me of like a Greek chorus commenting on it. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. Oh. Yeah, I totally see that. Ooh. Just big fan of this song. Big fan. Yeah. Great song. I've been big fan of this since like the day it came out. And we did a uh, favorite track four. And this one almost got it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what one. Oh, t- no. Uh, out of the Woods, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people like this song. Mm-hmm. This is, and it's also, I guess, recency bias or whatever. Not really for me. This is like my bread and butter, like hands down. I love this kind of song. Yeah, yeah. You are immediately drawn. Power to ballads, belting faces. I like that kind of thing. Do you relate to it? Yeah. I mean, this song is, like I said, from two different perspectives of the same relationship where one person thought they were giving all the signs and the other person never saw that. Mm-hmm. And that is relatable for any sort of relationship, I think. Mm-hmm. Um any person you can think that you're saying one thing and another person won't be able to see that. Mm -hmm. So if your communication type and like how you communicate doesn't jive with another person's communication skills, then this sort of thing can happen. Mm -hmm. I gave so many signs. You never gave me a sign that that happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, even with with us, sometimes Mm -hmm. it happens Mm -hmm. like, oh, no, I totally told you this. And you'd be like, no, I never, you never said that. (laughs) Or or vice versa. You know, it's like, uh, didn't you do this? And it's like, you never told me to do that. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, I told you like 50,000 times. (laughs) (laughs) And then I guess that that's kind of like selective hearing as well. Like that kind of plays into it. People I know, sometimes myself, I have selective hearing and, uh, and decide when to listen and when not. Too. I've only recently found that out, and like during the pandemic, because you know we were trapped together for a yeah. while, and I talk a lot. Yeah, and I picked up on, hey, you don't listen to me every time I'm talking. <laughs> no, and then also sometimes Gab will not listen to me. Like I will be talking about something, and then she'll literally say, "I have no idea what you just said. I was focused on something else." And I was like, "Okay." But at least I say that. I'm it's very true. upfront. I don't pretend I heard it. It's true. We don't. We don't get you know twelve years down the road. And uh, and we're singing this song to each other. No, definitely not. 
What I about- feel like this is a compounding song. I feel like this yeah. is this is the end of a very long line of of issues and complicated relationship. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> What about you, Peter? Well, I I think it's weird. Like, it's a really kind of modern take on a song. Like, don't you think, like, usually there's this arc where, like, something happens and then they learn a life lesson. You know Mm, what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. This, it's kind of like Alice in Wonderland. It's like, yeah, you go on this journey, but you're kind of back where you you started. Mm -hmm. You haven't really resolved anything. Like, the last line is, you never gave a warning sign. So it's like, and then it just ends. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. But I definitely relate to it in the sense that I think I've been both, like, adjusting and a tailor at points in relationships like that line that that Justin sings you never give a warning sign I was cheated on in one of my relationships and like for two months had no idea that it was happening so I was just kind of oblivious to any of the warning signs you know what I mean that 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 was going to happen and it was totally out of the blue Um, so I definitely feel that side of it and and also on the, like the Taylor side, another relationship, it wasn't working because that person wasn't really in a good place, you know? There was like drugs involved and a whole dramatic story. That idea of like, I gave so many signs that it wasn't working and like, this really isn't healthy and they just weren't picking up on it. So yeah, so I definitely see both both sides of the coin and how communication can break down. And, you know, it really is important to say what you mean. You can't read anybody's mind unless you're like a medium, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I think it's more of like a cautionary tale, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. like, yeah, say what you're thinking and don't expect somebody else to to know what you're thinking in your heart, you know. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. What about you, Gab? So, Do you relate? Yeah. So that same line is also like what I really connected with. Specifically the I gave so many signs and like all the different ways you can miscommunicate in a relationship. I work extra hard to be really communicative now in my life. If I like want something or expect something from a situation, I think it's really important to be like upfront and transparent about it and not just like hope someone will guess like what you want. So it reminds me of this quote by uh, the poet Alexander Pope. It's blessed is he who expects nothing for he shall never be disappointed. When I was younger, I used to really like build up different events and ideas in my head and like what I wanted and what my expectations were and I would constantly be disappointed. Mm. Like any type of like big event, like a school event or something or like prom or something like that would go or my birthday or what someone would give me or something like that. If you build up those things but you don't express what you expect or what you actually want, it's really easy to be disappointed. And I heard this quote like a number of years ago now, like sometime in my adult life, And I recognize it about myself because I never actually really knew that about myself until like I really thought of it. And so then I got way better at like balancing my expectations and telling people those expectations up front. Like this is part of like one of the reasons it's kind of silly, but like I always plan like my own birthday celebrations and what I want to do because like if I know what I want to do, I won't be disappointed because like I'm like that's that it's exactly what I want and it's okay to like do that and like be like then happy with it, you know, and being like, I guess like charge of the situation i think like over communicating has like helped me be less disappointed or mad at people in the long run because even though if you think you're giving off signs or you're being obvious about something that you want or like the way your brain works so like you know if i'm going to the coffee shop i'll get something devin wants like no questions asked and i'll bring it back because that's just like the way i show love but i can't always expect that either devin or anyone else would will do the exact same because everyone shows it in their different ways or communicates it so it's that kind of thing where it's like if 
you want something, you have to let someone know, hey, it really means a lot to me when you go to get coffee if you think of me or something simple like that. It's like all those little things. But also what's been cool is that the better we've become at communicating in a relationship with like with each other, it's also been able, like I've been able to embrace surprises for kind of like the first time really or like mm. truly embrace surprises and like be excited for whatever they are. Because like you have surprised me with so many things where it was like, I didn't even like remember I told you I always wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you brought me to the Broadway princess party and to Storm King for the first time. And those were things that was like so meaningful because I wasn't expecting that. And then I could just be happy about mm-hmm. what the result was. It's really cool. And the song is like, as you said, like a cautionary tale and like how important it is to communicate and like pretty cool lesson that and like stuff that we've worked through like towards like getting married and stuff like being able to like be on the same page about that kind of stuff well it's a good thing you guys have a registry so we don't have to guess what you want for your wedding <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly 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 very important thing you know although yes. i'm still i'm still gonna surprise you with something so please well, we'll like it i'm sure it may or may not be a puppy I mean, we're open to it. We're ready. (laughs) Well, now we get to the segment of... Gossip. Devin went into a little bit about how this song was created earlier, so I'm going to kind of retell it with some more quotes and whatnot in it. So Taylor told us that Joe wrote the entire piano part of the first verse on Exile and originally sung the part of the duet that was eventually recorded by Justin Vernon. She said, he was just singing it the way that the whole first verse is. So I was entranced and asked if we could keep writing that one. It was pretty obvious that it should be a duet because he's got such a low voice and it sounded really good sung down there in that register. Aaron Dessner revealed to Pitchfork that Taylor sent the demo to him as a voice memo where she was singing actually both the male and female parts. Taylor and Dessner discussed her potential duet partners and she and Joe were huge, huge, huge Bonavere fans. And she thought he'd be perfect on it, but she was super nervous to suggest it to Aaron. Aaron Dessner and Justin Vernon are good friends and collaborators on Big Red Machine. Like, Taylor kind of was talking around the situation and not (laughs) suggesting him. And eventually Aaron Dessner, because he knows she was a fan, he was like, I think Justin will be inspired by it. Let me send it to him. And Taylor was too worried to even bring it up or suggest Justin because of the fear that he would say no. And she said, like, it would just hurt too much. If he said no, because she so admires his music. Obviously, Justin Vernon ended up liking the song and wanting to contribute. And they sent him the demo. When he returned it to them with his vocals, he also sent back the whole So Step Right Out lyric to the bridge, the atro, and all his choral parts. She was so excited that not only he liked the song and was going to do it, and then he was like, let me add this to it. Like, let's collaborate. And she was just so happy. This is in the Long Pond studio sessions. And it's just really surreal to watch Taylor kind of fangirl over Justin Vernon because it shows her fears that, you know, she kept thinking he was going to back out and not be on the record and be like, I'm not happy with the song. We shouldn't do it. And then she was so happy when he like did and she's like it's he's on the record and he's just the coolest is what she said. It's crazy because Taylor is such a superstar. So it must take like just like such an extremely talented person Mm -hmm. to make Taylor Swift that nervous. I also think like she is so confident in herself too though and so gracious with her like art that she lets someone else take the first verse on a song you know what i mean i think that's amazing Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. That, that too. Yeah. That's why like when we first heard it, we're like, wait a minute. This isn't <laughs> t- Taylor's not singing first. What? Well, she does that in a bunch of her collabs, often with hmm. men, which is interesting. People have like noticed that like a uh, Gary Lightbody, that song. Oh, he sang first mm-hmm. in that too? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The last time. But it is cool. Just like she, I mean, she is, she's a great collaborator and she knows that how much more other people can bring to her music and how she can grow by working with them. And it's just cool seeing her so inspired and getting to work with her favorite artists. Yeah. It's so crazy because so many of us, Taylor is like that person that we'd be like, they're so cool. They're never even going to talk to me. And that she feels Mm. that way about Justin Vernon. It's really cool. Just like as she's trying to like try different musical styles and like wanting to be accepted by those communities too. Yeah. I mean, we asked her to be on the podcast and we haven't heard back from her. So. I mean, she doesn't have to be in the podcast (laughs) if she comes to the wedding, you know? Yeah. (laughs) September 19th, save the date. (laughs) Every time I say that, Devin edits it out. I do, I do not. <laughs> not every time. Some, sometimes. I say it a lot. As Devin mentioned earlier, Taylor recorded her vocals for Exile in Los Angeles, while Justin Vernon recorded his at his April Bass Studios in Fall Creek, Wisconsin. And I do think this distance and how they collaborated remotely really works with the themes of Exile. It could even add more to like that kind of like dissonance in the song, which I think is pretty mm-hmm. cool. In the Folklore Long Pond Studio Sessions documentary on Disney+, Plus, Taylor and Justin performed the song together remotely with Justin in his Wisconsin studio and Taylor at the house in Long Pond uh, with Aaron and Jack. Since it was filmed during the pandemic pre-vaccine, Justin was unable to travel. And because there was a filmmaker in there like, for the documentary, he's even wearing a mask as he performs the song mm-hmm. and sings into the microphone, which I think is so cool because, like, his voice is still so clear. Mm-hmm. It's not muffled at all, and he has this, like, bandana on. And then he also wears a hat, so you really can't see his face at all, yeah, at all. in the recording. And usually, eyes are so important to me when I'm watching a musician and, like, seeing them sing, especially in, like, emote. But, like, it's so cool in this recording to hear his super emotive music coming from him. But you can't see Mm. his face at all. It's crazy. And it's, like, it's very gruff. It, like, kind of adds to, like, the mystery almost of the song. Yeah. And, like, especially, like, not knowing him. If I saw him on the street, I wouldn't know what he looked like. That's so fascinating. And to the best of our knowledge, Taylor and Justin still have yet to meet in person person although now they've collaborated on many songs like i want to say seven songs like he's got background vocals on some other songs on evermore including two of the new big red machine songs on the album how long do you think it's gonna last birch and renegades which renegades renegade Mm-hmm. I keep calling it Renegade. Singular. Renegade is out. Birch comes out in August. But it's just so cool. They've collaborated so much and they still have yet to meet. Isn't that wild? I hope for Taylor that they get to meet soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now things are opening up, I'm, I'm sure. Especially like with the release of this new album. And the and vaccines. I bet. Yeah. I bet. I mean, we're getting closer to like knowing, but I feel like there's going to be some kind of collaborative show where they're all together. Oh, I hope so. I just, I really am feeling that, especially with this Big Red Machine stuff stuff and how connected they are I feel like it's going to be something yeah I don't know like if it's a major tour because it's all so different and it can't be in stadiums the same way well Jack if if Jack was going to be involved he's about to go on a tour interesting for so for for his new album, yeah, interesting. So, so I don't know if Jack will then. Yeah, it'll be. I just I'm very curious to see it because it's just so cool watching people who make music because they love making. Yeah, that's music. one of the the perks of this quarantine. I think is that everybody had time to kind of reach out to each other and connect and maybe make some connections that you wouldn't have had time to make had you you know 
the pandemic never happened. So yeah, well, even, you know, with this podcast Mm. and us working with you, Peter, like you're like, hey, I'm trying to learn this like graphic Mm -hmm. design program. Mm -hmm. Can I do some doodles? (laughs) And then it became what it became, which is so cool. And also like you were like immediately amazing at it. My mom isn't on Instagram. And so I was like showing her the art because she hadn't seen the lyric, the lyric videos. And she's like, is there anything Peter's not good at? (laughs) (laughs) Accordion. I can't play the accordion. Oh, okay. Okay. Mom, if you're listening, Peter can't play the accordion. (laughs) Yet. Yet. That's the next one. We're working on it. Yeah. And then the last little bit of gossip is, though I feel that this song is about a fictional couple, some fans felt that the first few lines of the song that Joe wrote, I can see you standing, honey, with his arms around your body, laughing but the joke's not funny at all, reference how he felt watching Taylor dance with Tom Hiddleston the night of the Met Gala when he actually met Taylor. Oh. Yes. I think that the photo, so fans put it, those lyrics over the photo of her and Tom dancing. I think there was a video that actually Carly Kloss took. Oh. I think that the fans who put the lyrics with the photo, like, I think it's just a really good coincidence. Like, it could be that he was, like, inspired by that moment, but, like, she wasn't his in any way at that time. Right. Like, he might, they might have met and he might have been intrigued by her, but, like, they weren't connected yet. Right. But it's a funny fan theory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then also, like they said in the documentary as well, they both love really sad songs. Yes. And they yeah. both love writing sad songs. And so, like, it just makes sense that the two of them would write this and Evermore. It's just, like, so funny to me. Yeah. And, and then we're like, wait a minute, but aren't they in love? And yeah, and champagne problems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and they're like, yeah, we yeah, we just really like sad songs. <laughs> yeah, and just so cool, like how they've been able to collaborate in such a beautiful way, and like. Joe is very secretly talented. Very. He's like, not so secretly not anymore. Not anymore. Not secret anymore. So it's yeah. pretty cool. So Peter, what is your favorite line from this song? Oh, there are there are a few, but if I had to pick one, I think uh, second, third, and hundredth chances balancing on breaking branches. I just think that's such a great image of like the fragility of a relationship. You know what I mean? Like that idea yeah. of breaking branches. And for me, it brings up like an interesting discussion and an idea of about like forgiveness and mm. what is like how many chances would it take to break that relationship you mm. know what i mean and yeah. and i feel like everybody has a different you know different tolerance level or you know people really tell you who they are over time so mm-hmm. you just got to trust that that's who they are you know but it's it's interesting it's messy right yeah very messy and yeah. the fact that it jumps to 100 chances yeah. like <laughs> like second third and fourth chances no No, it's hundredth like you you messed up a lot yeah Yeah. and it sounds like she's exasperated saying that she's like (laughs) she's over it for sure for sure and she's she's stepping out the side door yeah what about you Devin? that's my favorite line too. (laughs) (laughs) sorry to steal your line no it's totally totally fine it's it's amazing exactly Mm -hmm. great minds peter and i are are linked very connected no it's so beautiful and then the second part of it balancing on breaking branches Mm -hmm. um what an image that is such an incredible way to think about a relationship at the end mm. you know when you're up in the tree and everything's breaking around you and you're just like trying to balance on it and try to make it work and try and not fall yeah but sometimes you just have to fall and it feels like taylor at this point is like i'm i'm done like i'm falling i'm walking out the side door yeah 
I gave you so many, so many signs. I feel like that character will be okay after all this, but I don't know if his will. Well, and what's interesting is if you listen to Exile first, and then you listen to Evermore after, and if you have the same people, if you have, you know, Taylor and Justin be the same people Mm. in in both songs, it's fascinating. Because it seems like Evermore is from a little bit down the line and mm. from a you know looking back perspective where like exile is like at the moment of the break. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting, I think, to think of it that way. And and it seems like she, as we said in Evermore, the first two verses, she's in pain and the pain will be forevermore. She feels like it will be. And then she finally finds that it won't be. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so that I think is the pain from the relationship in exile. That's a cool take. You know, I like that theory. Especially since I'm convinced that these two are sister albums and with the birds. Well, they are sister albums. You mean sister uh, songs. Yeah, sister yeah. songs. Yeah. And they're very connected. And yeah, I feel that. That's cool. Yeah. They don't think about the cars. I, I like that perspective. I don't really I don't really agree that it's the same characters. I feel like that one's so much more about the pandemic, but I like listening to it in that way. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Gab? What is your favorite line? So I love when they're kind of overlapping and cause and he says, Cause you never gave a warning sign and she's going, I gave so many signs, so many signs, so many signs, and then she says the little part. You didn't even see the signs. And like, I love those little asides and where she's like, like, you weren't looking and you didn't even pick up on what I was saying. I think because I am a woman, I'm like already apt to connect to that, her perspective there, where she's like, you didn't even see the signs. And like, the way of just being like, oh my God, like, pick up on this, please. Mm. And I just, yeah, I just, I love that part. I love their voices together. And, like, I love those little asides that, like, maybe you don't hear the first time you listen to the song, but then you listen more closer and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, this is so good. Mm. Yeah, I love it. So good. I think we know what this is going to be, but, Devin, mm. from one to ten films you think you've seen before, what Ooh. would you rate Exile? Ooh, good rating. That's a good yeah, rating. thank you. Like Thank you. Yeah, films you think you've seen before. You know, absolutely a 10. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will give this song 10 films that I think I've seen before. Mm-hmm. Because, duh, like, duh. I, think it, I think it's number seven for me right now in my top 20. Mm-hmm. Evermore, I think, was like 17 or like 18 or something last time we did it. We're mm-hmm. going to have to redo those, like, constantly. Yeah, we're, we're almost coming up on the next on milestone the next time, to do it. Yeah. Yes. I think... The, when folklore came out, I listened to this song on repeat just over and over yeah, you did. and over <laughs> and over again. And so I think that that's a pretty good indication of how much I like it. Mm-hmm. And I still like listening to it this week, like really delving into it and really listening to all the different aspects of it. Like you just keep finding new things with it. And I mean, all of the orchestrations that you talked about, Peter, and mm-hmm. all of the musicianship behind it, like it is such a work of art. And and I do hope that like th- this song and I think a lot of these two albums are really meant to be listened to on like really good headphones yeah yeah Mm. the amount of intricacy in these Mm -hmm. uh, in these albums and in these songs and what aaron desner has created and jack and i mean like they're meant to be heard on like really good speakers or really good headphones because there's so much in them so many details yeah yeah so love this song gab what about you on a scale of one to ten films you think you've seen before what would you give this song I'm also going to give it a 10. Oh my gosh, (laughs) gosh. really? Yeah, I love this song. 
I love how it's written. I love the complexity to it, but then also it's very straightforward. I just, I very much enjoy it. I think it's a really good song. Nice. So, I 10. Ah, love that. Yeah. What about you, Peter, from one to 10 films you think you've seen before? Well, no surprise. (laughs) (laughs) The Filipino judge gives it a 10. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think it's fantastic. I also want to give a shout out to Rob Moose, the violin and viola player on this. Yes. Okay. He's uh, so I I first heard about him on Chris Teeley's show. What was it? On NPR. Um, Live from here. He did like a live audio uh, radio show on the weekends. And Rob was like the violinist for a lot of his stuff. He's worked with like Sophie and Stevens and Ben Folds and Bonnie Vare and everything. So he, I think he either did a lot of the arrangements or he just played on this track. But neat. um, Rob Moose. Yes. Good. Very important. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. 10 from me. Love it. Yay. Peter, thank you so much for joining us as a guest on Tay to Z. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to share with our followers, somewhere they could follow you on social media, something for them to know about you, anything like that? Yeah, sure. You can follow me on Pete Makes a Thing uh, on Instagram. That's kind of my graphic arts, just place where I can throw stuff up there. I also have a podcast called 32 Bars, which is going to be starting back up in the fall, which I'm really excited (gasps) about. It's so good. Yeah, I have some more episodes in the works. That's also just a passion project, something that's fun. It started over the pandemic. And if any of your listeners um, around the country are in either Charlotte or D.C. or Atlanta uh, for November and December, um, we're doing How the Grinch Stole Christmas musical tour. So if yeah. you guys want to come out and if you stop by the pit and say hi, uh, I would love to see you. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. yes. I am a Tay listener. Oh, yeah. my God. Guys, do I, oh it. Oh, my God. Do it. Yeah. Yes. You'll see the back of my head and my hands flailing around conducting the orchestra. So. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, feel, free to, feel free to stop by and uh, and say hi. I think cool. we definitely have listeners in those yeah. cities oh, nice. for sure. Good. Yeah, Good. it's a so cute show. cool. I want shows happening again too. It's yeah. so exciting. Yeah, it's yeah. exciting. The most exciting. Yeah, yeah. But I, I I do have to say one thing else. I've wanted to say this on an episode for a very long time. This song is so good yes <laughs> it is it it's is so good it's so good i know and i'm actually, like i don't know if we even yeah, said this episode we didn't say it many times <laughs> wow oh gosh so we good. were just so entranced with the actual song yeah <laughs> so good. all right well thank you so much peter thanks peter thanks for having me keep listening along with us you can check us out on instagram at tata z podcast and give us all your thoughts do you also love this song? Mm. Is this song not for you? Mm. Were you a Bon Iver fan before? Yeah. Let us know at all. Yeah. Also, be sure to follow and subscribe wherever you're listening to this right now, as well as if you get a moment, please leave us a positive review <laughs> on Apple Podcasts. Yes, please. Next episode, we'll be covering Eyes Open from Hunger Games, Songs from District 12, and Beyond. Ooh. <laughs> Come hang with us. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab. This has been Tay Thanks for listening. See you next time.